0: Welcome to another episode of the Yours Julie podcast. I'm your host, Claire Tuning, a peanut butter and jelly enthusiast turned registered dietitian, yoga teacher, nutrition coach, and entrepreneur. I believe that happiness and health comes from the ability to truly nourish your body, mind, and spirit through food, movement, and relationships. That's what this podcast is all about. Together, we'll learn to eat gently, move freely, and love fiercely, and probably make a lot of puns along the way. So join me and my stellar squad of guests to learn the tools that you need to break free from a world of diet culture and negativity to fully, gently, and mindfully step into your own source of power. Yours, truly, Claire. Here we go. Hello, Podians, and welcome to episode 49, almost the big 5-0, we're almost over the hill with the podcast, but welcome to episode 49 of the Yours Truly podcast. So today, we are going to be talking about how to strengthen your relationship with food while traveling, or how to continue and further your intuitive eating journey and your intuitive eating progress when you are outside of your normal routine, which I think we can all agree, it is so much harder to do than when we're at home in our normal environment, on our normal schedule, where everything is a little bit more predictable and air quote controlled. So this subject is really heavy on my heart recently, not only because it is summer. I'm looking outside my window right now, and it is bright, and it is sunny, and I was outside earlier, and I was sweating even from standing out there. So it's summertime, which means a lot of people are out of school. The kids are out of school. If you're a teacher, maybe you're out of school as well, and the weather is so nice. So of course, we're taking trips. We're taking vacations, and I I think it's common knowledge that more people travel when it's warm outside rather than when it's freezing outside. Unless you're super into skiing, that may not apply to you. But we're going on trips. Traveling is something that is happening more often in the summer. And it's also no secret that a lot of the talk or the advice on nutrition and dieting, if I can even say that word on this podcast, it is given around traveling and how to stay air quote on track when you're on vacation is so disordered in and of itself. It is rooted in diet culture and they really aren't messages that helps anyone to have a happier or a healthier vacation, even though that is the intention. So it's heavy on my brain because I've been seeing a lot of that content on social media recently, so I wanted to craft this episode because tis the season to be hearing all of that, tis the season to be traveling. I also wanted to put this podcast out there because traveling is really heavy on my mind now because I am getting ready to hop a plane this coming Thursday, so it will be the day after this podcast airs. And drops and reaches your ears in whatever way, shape, or form you listen to this podcast. But I will be hopping on a plane flying from DC around where I'm living currently all the way over to the other side of the country, landing in LA. Yes, if you're wondering if I have my Miley Cyrus party in the USA queued up in my cardigan and my dreams ready to go, the answer is yes. But we will be landing in LA and we will be driving about an hour and five minutes. Well, Let me put it this way. Google Maps says it's going to be about an hour and five minutes down to Orange County or Costa Mesa, but something is telling me that with LA traffic, it's not going to pan out as well as Google Maps makes it seem. But anyways, we are going from LA down to Costa Mesa, which is in Orange County, Southern California for, drumroll please. I don't know if you guys could hear that, but that was my drum roll or the little spikies on the sound waves went up. So maybe it did get louder and you were able to hear that. But I'm going for the I Believe Mentorship Summer Retreat. So I'm a part of a group of dietitians, there's about 46 to 50 of us, I don't know what the exact number is, but a group of dietitians and nutrition coaches led by the one and the only, the fearless Tony Steffen, who has been my coach and mentor for over a year now, and I couldn't be more excited to meet up with them, to network, to connect, to share all things nutrition, business, and, and all of the like. It's super cool As you guys might be able to assume, I work for myself and by myself. So my co workers are rather non existent. There was a meme one time that was like, If you ever see me talking to myself, leave me alone because I'm having a staff meeting with myself. And that's how I feel a lot of the time. I spend a lot of time talking to clients, which is amazing. I see them virtually. I love them all dearly. But working with people is something that I miss a little bit about the entrepreneur route. I don't get to do as much of it. So excited to see these awesome 46 to 50 RDs, nutrition coaches, human beings that I like to call not only my social media friends, but also my in-real life friends. So, A, that was kind of a a long-winded way to say traveling is of a of a high topic or a high importance topic to me recently because everybody's talking about it and I'm getting ready to go on a trip. I haven't been to California since I was like seven or eight years old. So, if you're listening to this podcast and you live in Cali, you've been there before, you know a lot of fun things to do in the LA area or in the Orange County, Costa Mesa area, let me know because I'm gonna have a couple extra days. Aiden, my boyfriend, is coming along with me. And I would love any suggestions that you guys may have for fun things to do because I could spend days hours, years even, in Google searching fun things. But I'd rather take advice from someone I know. It's a lot like nutrition coaching. You may find a lot of information on nutrition and diets on the internet that may not lead you down a good path. So wouldn't you rather get the information from someone you know, like, and trust? I think the answer is yes, and I hold my travel standards to that same level. So if you have any suggestions, let me know. But before we get into the bulk of today's podcast on how to strengthen your relationship with food while traveling, I have five total tips for you to take and run with over the summer for any of your traveling, vacation endeavors or experiences that you may have. But before we get there, we have to focus in on today's Yours Truly Goal Slaying Facebook post of the week. So the Yours Truly Goal Slayers is not only a mouthful of something to say, but it is my private Facebook community that I hold. I keep this amazing little corner of the internet working and living for people who are interested in intuitive eating, learning more about it, finding more resources, and getting the community support needed to make a lot of these changes happen in one's life for the rest of your life, not just something that you do for the next couple of weeks. So, the post I want to focus on today comes from one of our new members, and instead of allowing myself to elaborate on this topic and give advice, even though I did comment back to her post, I'm very active in this community, I comment on air thing. anybody who is in there can really attest to the fact that I am there a lot, but instead of reading my response or responding to it, I actually want to read the response of one of the other goal slayers and one of my one-on-one clients who gave his opinion on how she could conquer this experience to make it even better for her next time. So I'll start by reading the original post and then you will hear the other piece of advice which just goes to show you how awesome and truly supportive this community is. So the post reads, Hey everyone, I completed a Spartan race for the first time in over two years today. I used to compete more frequently, but since the birth of my second son, I haven't had the time to train that intensely or race. What I discovered is that the race environment felt extremely diet triggering. I noticed I was engaging in body comparison and I felt a strong urge for future deprivation. Has anyone else ever found an environment triggering? If so, what else besides avoiding the environment entirely can I do to lessen the intensity of those feelings? And with her post, she included a really stellar picture of her at the finish line, standing with her medal, looking super fierce and accomplished AF. So again, instead of reading my response, I'm going to read the response of another goal slayer who I couldn't have worded this response and this advice any better. So if you resonate with what the first goal slayer wrote about being triggered by a specific environment, especially one related to movement, listen to these next words. I definitely find workout environments to be triggering. I think for me, I try to hone in on why I feel that way. Usually it's because most of the people in those environments look more like society says we should look than I do. But then I try to remind myself that everyone is different. I'll look around and notice that there's actually probably 90 to 95% air quote normal looking people like myself and only about 5 to 10% of societies air quote think you should look like kind of people. So I ask myself why I'm trying to chase something that most people even aren't. And you know what else? You don't know what those people have to do to look that way. They may spend hours and hours in the gym rather than spending time with their family and friends. They might restrict and spend most of their days hungry. They may not enjoy their favorite foods, cake on their significant other's birthday, and live for their next meal. And I ask myself if that's a life I'd rather live, and the answer is always no, because I know that I would be unhappy because I've been there before and I'm much happier now doing the things that my body allows me to do. We are all different. I think the root of this comparison syndrome is that we are insecure with ourselves. So my advice for you and for myself is to work on that. It's not easy, but it's only when we are comfortable with ourselves that we don't care what other people look like. And also, you finish the race just like all of those other people did, regardless of their body size or yours. So if running those races is important to you and you still finish just like everybody else, why does it matter what you even look like? Just a thought. So that is what my amazing Goal Slayers have been up to over the past week or two in the Your Shooly Goal Slaying Facebook community. I love this conversation. What I love even more is that the Goal Slayer community or everyone commenting back to show support on this post, a lot of them got to this post before I even had the opportunity to. So if anything that I just read resonates with you, if you're like, man, I want to be surrounded by content and advice and conversation that is like that not only from Claire's perspective but from a lot of other people's perspective who are also traveling on this intuitive eating and intuitive moving journey this is your open invitation to join us in the yours truly goal-slang Facebook community so this is a private community it is free to join but there is a brief application that I will have you fill out before I send you the invitation so that I can get to know more about you where you are in your journey I really like to have personal personal connections with everyone in the group so it can be more supportive and the application serves to give you a little bit inf- a little bit more information on what the community is all about and some ground rules so that we can keep it the best place on the internet. So, if you're interested and you want to find the application, you can simply search the Yours Truly Goal Slayers on Facebook. It will pop up as a private community you can simply request to join and that will trigger a notification to my Facebook on my end and I will send you a message with the application. The other super simple way that you can join if you are on Instagram, I hang out there a lot, so give me a follow, join the phone over there at Claire Tuning, but you can find the link to the application in my Instagram bio. So you'll click the link tree and you'll see join the free private Facebook community, fill out and submit the application, and then I will get back to you as soon as possible with your invitation to join. So without further ado, here's my fancy transition music with my little drum roll. Da-da-da-da. Today's podcast episode, like I told you at the beginning, is all about how to strengthen your relationship with food while traveling. Because all of this information I was talking about earlier that I see on, you know, air quote, how to stay on track while you're on vacation, or things you can do to not air quote, ruin your progress, whatever that even means while on vacation. So many of these tips and these tools that we use to keep us in in a certain headspace or on a certain health journey on vacation are so inherently disordered and rooted in diet culture in the first place. But instead of just ranting about why that is not okay and why you do not need to live in a space where you have to stay on a certain track like you're a train, because I think you're a human, but instead of just ranting about these things, I want to give you five tactical tips on how you can use your eating experience on your vacations to not only enjoy them and use them to connect with your family and the environment and the culture, wherever you may be, but also to use them to kind of just let you know what's up with your own relationship with food and where maybe you need to do a little bit more work, not only on vacation, but also in your day-to-day normal life with food so that you can go into future vacations and future just days in, air quote, normal life with a happier and healthier relationship with food. So before I get to my five tips, I want to get on my soapbox just a little bit and kind of share with you guys what had me so fired up this morning because what I decided to do... In preparation, in gathering a little bit of information for this podcast episode to really kind of wrap my brain around all of the diety negative messages that are out there surrounding vacation. Because one tip that I will give to all of you, one tip that I have implemented myself is every once in a while do a little social media cleanse. If these messages from whoever they are coming from are not benefiting you, are pulling you back into a negative headspace with food, with an eating disorder with a disordered relationship with movement whatever it may be you don't need that negativity in your life remove those accounts those people those sources from your feed and fill that hole with positive practitioners with intuitive eating with body positivity with just variety of human beings and messages on your feed. So if you have done that or if you're in the process of doing that, like I have done, I follow so many wonderful intuitive eating proponents, health at every size proponents, and I love it. But sometimes what that does is I don't see a ton of these diety messages, which is good because I don't need that negativity in my life, just like you don't. But sometimes I can get a little bit far removed from what is actually going on out there outside of the intuitive eating and health at every size community. So what I did to get myself just up to speed on what is happening in the rest of the world surrounding diets and vacation and all of this stuff that we talk about is I googled the thing that is one of the the likely the worst things to do if you're in a negative relationship with food is to google anything about what to do or what not to do about food because you're going to get so many responses you're going to get, you know, to eat lists and not to eat list and rules and diets out the wazoo, which I really don't recommend. So if you think these pieces of information are going to be triggering, I'm simply just going to read what some of the common pieces of advice I found in my Google search. So if any of this is going to be triggering for you, if hearing this diety messages is not going to be helpful for you and you don't want to hear it, I encourage you to skip ahead maybe like 10 minutes in the episode episode and pick up where I start talking about my five tips. But before we get there, if you're still hanging on with me, I really just want to read these things to you to communicate how ridiculous they are, how unhelpful they are, and really just to hammer in the point of you do not need to be living under the thumb of these rules for not only your vacation time, but just any day in general. So I googled tips to stay on track, or tips to eat healthy, rather, I think is what I did, while on vacation. So as you can imagine, I got tons and tons of responses for how to air quote, eat healthy while on vacation, and I jotted down a few of my favorites. And I say favorites in a highly sarcastic way, because they are not my favorite tips at all. They're really ridiculous, and I just want to read them to you to demonstrate the craziness of the world we live in with nutrition. So, the first thing was, and this was before this person even got into his or her tips, but they wrote, and I quote, "A stressful or traveling rather is a stressful affair that derails healthy eating routines." Let's just take that in for a second. A stressful affair that derails healthy eating routines. I would say if you are heading into a traveling experience and you are already stressed out about what the food is going to be, about what you're going to be eating or not going to be eating, if you are living a life that makes you stressed out before you even get there, then that's a pretty big red flag indication that your current relationship with food or whatever diet relationship with food that this person was preaching was not healthy in and of itself. We know that high levels of stress hormones cortisol pumping through the body of course we need a certain amount of it to stay alive that is a known fact we need certain levels of cortisol but the moment it's running rampant we are stressing our body out with not only over exercising and maybe restricting certain foods but then we're adding on layers and layers of food rules that add even more stress to air quote healthy eating situations then that relationship with food is not healthy in and of itself. So, no, traveling does not have to be a stressful affair that derails healthy eating because healthy eating is so much more than just the food that we are or are not eating and we're going to get into that a little bit later. But a couple other of tips that I found go like this and these are air quotes around all of them because they are not my words, but resist the urge to splurge. Walk a lot to offset extra calories that you're eating. Keep your treats to one day while on vacation. And after that, opt for a healthy choice instead. Hide the mini bar key, because it's not like you're going to remember where you hit it, am I right? So hide the mini bar key, because that is off limits. And log all of the food that you will be eating ahead of time in MyFitnessPal, pal. That's a doozy right there. And then, on top of all of these things, mind you, all of these came from one website. So, we have, you know, we're resisting the urge to splurge, we're walking a ton, we're only eating treats on one day, we're hiding the key to the mini bar, and we're logging our food ahead of time. And then they have the audacity to say, oh, and by the way, relax, enjoy yourself. It's all about balance and moderation. Eat when you're hungry and stop when you're comfortable. That's all you have to do. And I'm over here like, what? the heck did I just read? Not only are all of those tips so disordered in and of themselves, because let me frame it this way. If you had a five or a six-year-old on that vacation with you, say this was your son, your daughter, your niece, your nephew, your godson, I don't know, some smaller child who was full of joy, was so excited for this vacation, and you told them, you can only have treats one day. You know, we're gonna walk a lot because you've been eating a lot of food, little one. You know, we're gonna hide, you know, actually, you probably should hide the mini bar key from a five year old so that one doesn't stand. But, you know, we're gonna keep track of all of the food that you're eating so you're not eating, air quote, too much. And, you know, this is gonna be super stressful, but we're just gonna relax and you're gonna enjoy yourself, right? no, we would never give that advice to a little kid, to a baby, to a tween, hopefully even to a teenager. So why the heck are we writing about these things? Why are we urging people to engage in these disordered behaviors if we obviously would not teach them to someone who is younger? To someone who's younger, we say, have fun, go play, find joyful movement. Let's try all the different food. Let's connect with grandma and grandpa and that uncle who's not really your uncle, but we're just really good friends, you know like all of this stuff. You would not tell them all of these disordered tips that I just read. but for some reason, we enter into air quote "adulthood and these are the tips that we receive to keep us in again an air quote "healthy eating space around vacation. I don't know about you, but to me, this makes no sense at all. And the final the final thing, that last thing that I read about relaxing and enjoying yourself and eating when you're hungry and stopping when you're comfortable, all of these tips that they add in there that they sprinkle in at the last moment to make you feel like they're not trying to steal all of your fun or they're trying to promote health, that's really why they add them in there is to really kind of trick you and say, oh, but it's all about moderation, you know, relax, have fun. All of these things are actually impossible when they give you a laundry list of things that you can and can't do around food. All of those things that I read, resisting food, walking a lot to burn off the extra calories, keeping treats on one day, hiding the bar key, logging all of the food that you'll be eating ahead of time. Does that sound relaxing to you? Does that sound like something that you will enjoy? Does that sound like something that will keep you in a positive headspace around food, your own body, and everything else that is going on? No absolutely not all of these things are going to take up so much headspace and energy that you will not be able to relax you will not be able to enjoy yourself and the whole trip will be consumed with trying to control food which is so unhealthy and disordered in the first place and the last little thing that I even want to add on is when you are being so restrictive around food when you're saying treats can only fall on this one day or I have to log all of my calories or I have to opt for an air quote healthy choice instead. When you spend so much time crafting these rules to control yourself or deprive yourself or restrict yourself, there is actually no way that you're going to be able to stop when you're feeling comfortable. Again, the last tip was eat when you're hungry and stop when you're comfortable. But when you're putting your body in this constantly stressed, outstate around food and this happens on vacation but it also happens in normal day-to-day life as well but when you are living in this constant survival mode or hyper controlled mode around food it is physiologically physio yeah that's the word physiologically impossible for you to be able to recognize that sense of fullness and it's not a lack of willpower that's what i always like to point out you're not doing a bad job if you eat past fullness, that is really your body saying, "Yo, I don't know the difference between an actual famine or a, of a starvation state and a self-imposed one, aka a diet or what all of these rules are preaching." And what happens since your body does not know the difference between an actual famine and a self-imposed one is when you are around food in abundance, which is typically what happens in a vacation mode or from my experience at least, it's going to be physiologically impossible for you to air quote control yourself around the food because the body sees food it says oh my gosh nourishment that I haven't been getting that I haven't been able to enjoy I need to look out for myself and eat as much as I can because I don't know when he or she is going to feed me next so it's just so crazy to me that all of these tips even exist in the first place and then they top it all off with, oh, and relax and enjoy yourself and oh, stop when you're full because that's totally in the question. Because it's not. So, anyways, I'm gonna hop off my little soapbox now because I promised you I wouldn't spend the entire episode talking about all of the craziness that goes on around food and just rant about it. But I actually want to give you some tips where you can say, okay, Claire, I agree that all of the things you just read off are crazy. That does not sound like a fun time. That actually sounds like a really disordered pattern of eating. And I understand that. But since you're telling them not to do all of these things, well, what? what the heck am I supposed to do heading into my vacation, heading into my summer? So that is what I want to do now because there's power in learning all of our food rules and removing them or trying to move past them in our life. But if we don't have other information to fill that gaping hole with, then we're going to be feeling... Like we don't necessarily know what to do or we don't know where to turn. And that is the last thing I want you to feel, my friend, when you are listening to the Yours Julie podcast. So I have five tips for you on how to strengthen, not derail, or not destroy your relationship with food while you are traveling, like all of those other tips would like you to do. So the first tip I have for you is to eat the dang food and move on. I'm going to read that to you one more time for emphasis because I think it's super important. Are you ready? Eat the dang food and move on. So the only exception to this tip or tidbit that I have for you is, of course, if you are allergic to a certain food or if a certain food makes you feel like absolute crap or if you have some some kind of condition that prevents you from eating or from breaking down a certain food. For example, if you're allergic to shellfish, don't go to the beach and eat the shellfish tower. We can agree that would be a bad idea. If you have celiac disease, well, it's going to be really important for your health, for the health of your small intestine, that you do avoid foods containing gluten. If you're lactose intolerant, then maybe take a lactate or stay away from foods that have dairy in them. The point of this is not to say eat all of the things with reckless abandon, even if you have an allergy or an intolerance. If that is you, you know what's best for your body, and you know that by avoiding those foods or staying away from them, That's not a diet rule. That is just you looking out for what is best for your teammate or your body. But anyone who doesn't fall into those categories, if you don't have an allergy to a certain food, if it doesn't cause you digestive stress, I really want to challenge you to eat the dang food and move on. Throw all of those rules that I just read you from the crazy websites, throw them out the window because that is not the purpose of vacation or summer. Of course, Thank <laughs> you. Food is always going to be present in not only our daily lives, but also our trips and our travels. And it is meant to be something that is fun, that is representative of cultures, that allows us to connect with other people. So it's going to be there to a certain extent. But when we start to manipulate our food intake or overthink it or spend a lot of time and energy controlling what we are or are not eating, then it starts to take away from the other parts of vacation. That are super important. Like if I were to ask you, what is something that you value most about taking your yearly vacation? Or what are you looking forward to the most from your next upcoming trip? I guarantee you, now I may or may not know you personally, but I guarantee you that your answer would be, I guarantee your answer would not be, there we go, Claire, I'm looking so forward to overthinking every food decision and feeling terrible about myself. I guarantee you that would not be your answer as to what you are most looking forward to. So why are we setting ourselves up in a place to beat ourselves up, to overthink food, and to have the conversation of food or whatever diet we are trying to adhere to? Why are we letting that take the wheel and control the rest of the vacation? So I know it is a lot easier than it may sound, depending on where you are throughout your intuitive eating journey, it is going to really have an impact on how easy or difficult this tip is for you, but I guarantee you if you just alleviate, you lift those rules from yourself and say, hey, my priority heading into this trip is to really enjoy some relaxation or is to really enjoy some time with my family that I don't get to see a lot or is to sightsee and experience a culture or a part of the country or the world that I've never been to, then align your actions with your intentions Eat the dang food and move on. Don't stress yourself out because as I talked about at the beginning of the episode, eating in a way that adds a lot of stress or unnecessary anxiety onto the food conversation is actually more unhealthy than it would be to just eat whatever food it is that you're stressing out about in the first place. So the second tip that I have for you is to use your body's responses as feedback and approach this feedback with a big old dose of self-compassion. So I want to talk about a little bit of using your body's responses as feedback, not only from the physical standpoint, but also from the mental perspective. So physically speaking, if you have followed through with tip number one and you have eaten the dang food, you have moved on with the rest of your day, you're having a great time, you went to the aquarium, you're hanging on the beach, you hiked a mountain, I don't know, whatever the heck that you are able to do with your physical energy because you ate food and your mental energy because you didn't stress out about it. It doesn't matter what you did, but I think we can all agree that you're going to be feeling some type of way after that food. So a lot of the time I get the question of, Claire, but if I eat whatever I want, what happens if I don't feel good afterwards? And I think the thing to realize with intuitive eating, whether it's in your day-to-day life or on a vacation, the intention with intuitive eating is not to feel like crap. It's not, and this is something I hear all of the time. Well, Claire, if I give myself the permission to eat intuitive then all I'm going to eat are all of the things that I deem, air quote, unhealthy. You know, maybe cakes and cookies, and I don't mean to be demonizing these foods, but this is just generally speaking what people identify as unhealthy or what they fear. And they say well, if I just give myself permission to eat the dang food and move on, then I feel like I'm going to be abusing my body or I feel like I'm not going to feel great afterwards. And all that I have to say is I don't know what it is like to live in your body. I don't know how you are going to respond to certain foods. So flashback a couple of moments ago, if you're allergic, if you have an intolerance, well, don't eat that food in the first place, but maybe you gave yourself permission to eat a food or a certain amount of food, whatever it is, and a couple hours later, maybe immediately, I don't know, however long it is, you don't necessarily feel so great afterwards. All I want you to do here is take this as feedback and carry this with self-compassion. So what I don't want you to do is say, I knew this would happen. I'm doing such a bad job. I'm so unhealthy. Don't say this to yourself because this is not helping. Adding insult to injury is just going to further dig you into this hole of guilt. And I think we can both agree that whenever you have felt super guilty or bad about something, you didn't wake up the next morning ready to slay the day feeling your best ever. So alleviate any sense of guilt or negativity, because all I want you to do is take this as information and feedback. When I think of the words information and feedback, I think of data, I think of science, I think of stuff that is pretty unemotional. And when we're not getting emotional about something, it's going to be harder to elicit that response of guilt. Because remember, food is not bad, good, shameful, dirty, clean. It's just food. So when you're noticing that you feel physically bad afterwards, say, you know, it's normal that I'm giving myself unconditional permission to eat. And if this is something I haven't done in a while, or if this is something that I'm not used to in my daily life, which Hit me up if it's not and we'll talk. But if it's something that I'm not used to, then it makes sense that I might eat more of something that I have in the past. It's not, again, a lack of willpower. It's simply my body saying, oh my goodness, I haven't eaten this in a long time. This is really good. I want to prolong this pleasurable experience. I want to enjoy this. So there's nothing wrong that you did that. But the thing is now is to just take note of how it left you feeling. If you're feeling sluggish, if you're feeling sleepy, if you feel like you have a little bit of GI distress, know that the good part about being human is, is that all physical discomfort, digestively speaking, we can hope at least, is pretty temporary. So maybe you can use the bathroom, maybe the next day it will be a little bit better. And while we're in the moment, of course, we don't want to feel like this and I don't want you to bring digestive distress upon yourself, but if you do end up in this space, say, hey... I'm simply just feeling uncomfortable right now. I'm going to take this as feedback and I'm going to say, well, what did I eat earlier? Oh, was it maybe something that didn't set well with me? Well, if so, can I... Figure out what it was. Can I maybe speculate, you know, be an intuitive eating detective? And maybe the next time I'm faced with that food, I'll eat it more slowly, or I'll have it, but I'll combine it with something else. Or whatever it's going to be, so that you're just taking this feedback and saying, I didn't do anything wrong. I wasn't trying to harm myself, but the best thing that I can do is learn from how my body is responding so that it can better inform how I can act next time so that I don't end up feeling this. Way The process of intuitive eating, whether you're traveling and doing it, whether you're in day-to-day normal life and doing it, it is all a process of trial and error and of getting to know yourself. So what I want to say on the mental side of using your body's responses as feedback, and this can really kind of carry over into all aspects of vacation, but I really want you to start noticing what situations you may feel anxiety in? Is it when you're around large amounts of food? Is that is it when you're around people who are eating a certain type of food that your diet maybe hasn't allowed or that you have really stigmatized as a bad food? Is it when you... I don't know. I'm running out of examples. But notice when you are in a certain situation that is bringing up a lot of food fear, a lot of anxiety, and a lot of stress. And why I think it is so important to notice this is, again not to judge yourself for it or to beat yourself up because if you're already feeling anxious and not so great adding a dose of guilt on top of that is going to be helpful for no one but the reason why noticing this is so important is you can start to kind of inform and shape future goals for your relationship with food going on vacation the beautiful thing about it is we are exposed to different environments different foods different types of foods even that we may not have to to in our normal day-to-day life. So if you find yourself around a certain type of food or in a certain setting and you feel really anxious, well, then that is just kind of a red flag indicator of maybe your current relationship with food, whatever, you know, diet you're maybe coming off of, whatever food rules you have in your brain, they are really not helpful for you because they don't set you up for real life. They may set you up for air quote success, whatever that may mean to you in a controlled day-to-day environment, but I think we can all agree once again that life does not happen in a vacuum. Life does not happen in isolation. Sure, you can follow anything for a certain amount of time when you're at home and you're going grocery shopping and you know how your day is going to go, but that is not how life is is. You do not live in a vacuum. You do not live in isolation. There are going to be times in your relationship with food that require you to have flexibility. And if we are truly or Truly getting to a positive relationship with food, that is where we need to be. We don't want to be living a version of nutrition in our day to day life that when we get out into the real world stresses us out, brings us anxiety, and we have realized, oh my goodness, I have so many rules around food, so much so that I can't even enjoy. That's the word I was looking for. I lost my words for a second, but I can't even enjoy eating with my family or visiting another country. If your relationship with food is leaving you feeling that way when you venture out into the real world, that is a big red flag indication that your relationship with food needs a little bit of work. So all I want you to do know... This work does not have to start on vacation. Of course, it can start by allowing yourself to eat the dang food and move on, like tip number one. You don't have to dig into all of these food rules because, again, it's time to enjoy yourself on vacation to relax. But just take note that when you get back into your normal day to day life and all of that stuff happened or all of that fear came up, say, hey, maybe what I'm doing right now isn't working, isn't adding value to my life. So it's time that I do something different. I reach out to a intuitive eating, a health at every size dietitian. Hello, reach out to Claire or anyone else in the space and say, I need to formulate a version of health and nutrition for myself, or I need to learn a version of nutrition and health for myself that leaves me feeling happy and prepared and easeful in all situations, not just in my normal day to day life. Okay. So tip number three, lucky number three that I have for you today is remind yourself while you are on vacation, your trip, summer in general, remind yourself of all of the health promoting behaviors that you are engaging in. So I think it is such a diety mentality to talk about all of the scary things or the things that you have to avoid or the things to air quote look out for while you're on vacation and going back to the first thing things that I read. Well, when we're going into our time away or our trip with this idea that we have to avoid things, that we have to look out for certain things to air quote keep us healthy or keep us vigilant, you know, whatever these crazy things are, it's really hard to relax and enjoy yourself when you're heading in with this idea that you're already going to air quote mess up or do something again air quote bad. How many air quotes can I use? I wish you guys could see me so I didn't have to say it so often. But what I want you to do instead of getting all wrapped up in this mentality of I'm doing a bad thing or I have to keep myself on track, whatever we're saying is remind yourself that you are doing positive things for your health while you are traveling, even if they look different from what your normal day to day health behaviors are. For example, when you're going on vacation, if a lot of the times you're seated, maybe on a beach, you're reading, you're taking rest. Our bodies need rest to re-strengthen, to recuperate from the day-to-day activities that we put it through. It is okay and it's actually healthy to take rest. So maybe you're finding rest on your vacation and that is a health-promoting behavior. Maybe if you're going off with other people, with family members, with friends, you're socializing, you're connecting with others, you're not living in isolation. When we have friendships, when we have relationships that bring joy into our lives, that is a health-promoting and stress-reducing behavior. Speaking of stress reducing, what other things are you doing on your vacation to lower the stress you may feel in your day-to-day life? And by stress, I'm not talking about the chronic type of stress from a disease or an illness. I'm really talking about the acute stressors in daily life. Uh, All of the emails, your boss yelling at you, your kids screaming, whatever it may be, those acute stressors in your life, what health-promoting behaviors are you engaging in on your vacation to take a step back from that? Are you reading? Are you listening to the Your Shuly podcast while you're going on a walk? What things are you doing that are promoting stress reduction? The next thing I have is are you engaging in any type of joyful movement? So I say this and I leave this totally up to you. You are not obligated to move while you are on vacation. If you say, "Hey, I need to take this vacation to rest, to give my body a break," that is totally fine. You do not have to feel obligated to move. But if you do choose to move? Are you doing this in a way that is joyful, that is exciting, that brings you happiness rather than out of an obligation to manipulate your body or to air quote burn off the excess food that you may have eaten like that tip at the beginning of the episode told us to do? If you're approaching movement as something that's fun, something that helps you to reduce stress, to connect with other people, or even to explore the city, the country, the beach, wherever you may be, if you're using it for all of these intentions, it is a very health promoting behavior and it doesn't always have to be coming from this intention of I got to stay on track or I got to, you know, burn whatever I'm going to eat later. Those are disordered behaviors, but wanting to move your body to feel better, to enjoy time outside. There is nothing wrong with that if that is a part of your vacation that you like. Eating a variety of foods is also a health-promoting behavior. It is so easy to enter into vacation mode and fear from all these diet messages, what's going to happen if I eat foods out of my normal routine? Or what's going to happen when I'm surrounded by an abundance of foods? Which again, it's normal to fear this if you're coming from this diet mentality because they make you fear it or it's something to be feared or to look out for to stay vigilant against. But actually... Having access to a variety of foods is not only fun, is not only something that will allow you to explore different tastes and textures and experiences and all of the fun things associated with food, but on a nutritional level, different foods have different combinations of nutrients. Like we talked about last week in the podcast on grocery shopping, all foods on a macro or a bigger level are simply a combination of proteins, fats, carbohydrates and water but on an even tinier level they have varying amounts of micronutrients your vitamins and your minerals so being surrounded by a different variety of foods that you don't have all the time maybe your body will really like that maybe it needs a bigger variety of nutrients and foods than you have been used to giving it in the past and heck maybe you will even discover a type of food a combination of food a new recipe that you can take back home with you and use to continue to fuel your body, to appreciate the connection with food, and to strengthen the relationship that you have to food also the thing that i will say i don't mean to just make a variety of food sound like something that will benefit your physical body but also when we look at the type of nourishment that food brings us well of course it brings us physical nourishment like the fats proteins carbs that i was just saying but it also brings us nourishment in the fact that we can share it with other people it brings us closer to The environment in which we're vacationing in just experiences all of this that we can have not only for the physical aspect of food, but also the mental, the emotional, the cultural, the spiritual, all of that the food has to offer. And lastly, having fun. When you are engaging in fun behaviors, when you're laughing, when you're finding joy, when you're doing all of things to reduce stress, that is such a health-promoting behavior. So tip number three, remind yourself of all of the positive things you are doing for your body, even though they may not look like what you are normally doing in your day-to-day life. Tip number four is that your body needs food no matter what. You don't have to earn your food. This is something I hear all the time. Well, Claire, I feel like I have to earn my food while I'm on vacation, which when we have that mentality, of course, we're going to be led to a restrictive or a destructive relationship with exercise when we're using that as a compensatory mechanism. But we don't have to earn our food while we are on vacation or when we are in our normal day-to-day life because being born, being a human being, which I hope you are if you are listening to this podcast, but if any farm animal or farm animals or domestic cats have uh, learned the ability to listen to a podcast, hit me up in the review section because I would love to hear from you. But if you're a human being listening to this podcast, you earned food the moment that you were born. You don't have to do anything extra. You don't have to run an extra mile or spend an extra 15 minutes on the stair stepper in the hotel gym to earn the food because you earned that by simply being alive. And I know a lot of times when we are on vacation, if we are focusing more on rest or maybe your vacation requires you to travel long distances like me going to California on the opposite side of the country. That may involve us being seated for longer amounts of time than we would be in our day-to-day life. Sitting in the car, sitting on the train, sitting on a plane. That rhymed. I'm kind of proud of myself. But it is okay to be seated. It is okay to take that rest. But the thing that I want you to realize is that in taking that rest and being a little bit more sedentary does not mean that your body doesn't need to be fueled. Because here's the reality of it even when you're not moving your body in a physical sense when you're not you know walking a lot running doing those activities of daily life your body even at rest needs energy for your heart for your lungs for your muscles for your cells for your brain to have energy to think All of this, your basal metabolic rate, you need food, you need energy to support even those basic life functions, which yes, thank goodness those things happen even when we are not moving. For example, when we are sleeping, you might twitch a little bit when you move, but you're not really moving to the extent that we may do in our normal day-to-day life, and that is okay It's okay to take that rest, but depriving yourself of food as a result of being seated more often or resting more often will not be a health-promoting behavior. This will set you up for feeling fatigued, being moody, not having enough energy to explore and be present with the people who are important to you. So even though you may not be doing the same activities you do every single day, I want you to really remind yourself continuously, repeatedly, you can even put this podcast on repeat if you need to. That does not mean that your body doesn't need fuel. Your body needs food regardless of the day, regardless of the time, regardless of the season. If you are hungry, eat the dang food and move on. Back to tip number one. We're very circular here on the Yours Julie podcast. The last tip that I have for you or tip number five, this one's a little bit more tactical as in you can actually bring these things with you, but these things are water and snacks snacks will file back into tip number four. As I told you, no matter what you're doing, no matter where you are, if you are hungry, even if it has been a day of rest, you need food. So the best thing that you can do for your body, especially on those travel days or maybe when you're not at your final destination or maybe you're walking around a lot and you don't know exactly when you're going to eat or what food is going to be available, which is fine. That's all a part of normal eating is having the flexibility to eat whatever is around or not know those details, but something that you can do to set yourself up for success and not being hangry and giving your body the fuel that it needs to get you through daily life. And so that you don't have to be obsessed around food and feeling like your body is in that self-imposed starvation mode, which remember from a couple of tips ago, your body doesn't know if that's self-imposed or if that's real. So the best thing that you can do is have some snacks, On hand. To be really frank and honest with you, I don't care what these snacks are. I tell my clients all of the time if any of my clients are listening, you can nod your head, send me good vibes that you hear me say this all the time. But honoring your hunger will always come first, regardless of what food is available. So pack some snacks with you, make it something that you enjoy, make it something that's portable, make it something that you know when you eat it, you feel some physical fullness and also some mental satisfaction. So it's something that you actually like, something that helps you to feel good and fueled. So have those snacks on hand. The second part of this tip is water. So especially when we're talking about trips that we take during the summer, if you're going to a tropical location, someplace that's warm, even if you're not going to someplace that's warm, your body still needs water. But I bring up the warmer climates because water is super important in helping to regulate your body temperature And promote regularity with your bowel movements. So you're like, oh my gosh, Claire, I thought we were going to make it through this episode without talking about poop. Well, my friend, if you were hoping that or thinking that, you were wrong. Just like all of the tips I read at the beginning of this episode that were false, they were not helpful. Of course, we have to talk about bowel movements and about poop because we can all agree. I know I say this all the time, but we're nodding our heads in agreement here. If you go on a vacation or on a trip and you are all backed up, you're feeling bloated, you're not feeling good, you can't use the restroom, then it's going to be really hard to enjoy the food that you're eating, or it's going to be really hard to have a good time to laugh, do all of those health-promoting behaviors that I talked about in tip number three, if you physically aren't moving food from your system. We have to feel good as much as we can, as best as we can on that physical level to interact in all of these healthy behaviors. And why water is so important for bowel movement regularity is because when we eat food, All food in general, but especially fiber-containing foods, soluble fiber-containing foods. Think like the insides of your fruits and veggies, like the fleshy parts of your apples, your citrus fruits, your oats, things like that. When we eat those foods, in order for our body to do its job and move those foods through our system, it has to pull in water through the intestines to move it through. So if you're dehydrated, if you're not drinking water, if it doesn't have anything to pull in to help move that food through, well, it's gonna move a lot slower, it's going to be harder to pass, and it is not going to be comfortable throughout the entirety of that process. So for your best interest, for the best interest of all those loved ones around you, keep some water with you, and not only so that you can regulate your body temperature, you can avoid fatigue, as best as you can, but also you can keep yourself physically feeling as good as possible by moving the poop through your system as best as you can. So my friends, on that last topic, that last one was a big old one that was so important and I just had to add in here at the end of the episode. I hope these were helpful for you and I hope you can just gather from me reading all of those tips at the beginning of the episode that so many or so much of the rhetoric rather around eating around dieting while on vacation is inherently disordered it is not helpful for anyone of any age and you do not have to live under the thumb of those rules while you are traveling because as we talked about in the beginning trying to do that laundry list of item items while remaining relaxed and trying to enjoy yourself and eat when you're hungry and stop when you're comfortable that is not going to happen. Those things cannot happen in the same space as one another while you are having a good time and trying to uphold your strong mental health. So I hope these tips provided you with some tactics, some items where you can remove any of those unhelpful diet rules and filter in These five tips from the podcast. So, like always, if you got any value, any laughs, anything that you can take and apply to your own intuitive eating and health journey, please, please, please take a moment to rate and review the podcast. So, tap the five stars, let us know that you're loving this message, leave a review, let us know what you learned, what you want to know more of. I don't know why I'm saying us, it is just me who does this, but let me know what you want to hear more of. And of course, like I say every single week, if you believe that other people could benefit from hearing this message as they also head into their summer vacations, take a screenshot wherever you are listening to this podcast and upload it to your social media feed. You can tag me at Claire Tuning. You can tell me what you learned. You can send it to your dog, your mom, your grandma, anyone who might also be traveling and benefit from these messages. My friend, thank you so much for tuning into today's episode and if you want to follow the fun and the adventure in sunny california as yours truly treks across the united states make sure to hit me up on instagram there will be lots of fun lots of puns and lots of insight on how i eat gently move freely and love fiercely and apply all of these five tips that i gave you today while i am traveling so until next week you're claire